delighted that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified, you as our listener would be edified. For more information about us, I'd encourage you to please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase, and there you can find out a lot more information about us. There is a prayer request page there as well if you're a prayer warrior. I would encourage you to please go to that page as well and pray for the folks that have taken time to ask for prayers. That's something that we really don't do a lot of, it seems, in our uh, Christian society anymore is pray. We need to start taking more time to pray. We can pray driving down the road or just don't close your eyes or riding in, in, the, in a bus or just sitting around the house. So we, we really need to make more of an effort to be in prayer for one another. Today we're going to answer some questions that have come in through our webpage. And if you have a question, you may submit it there as well. We have a contact us page. And I would certainly love to hear from you. We have a lot of positive feedback and, and more and more listeners and followers all the time. And so make sure you're uh, hitting that like button and following us as well. We appreciate that. That helps uh, our ratings and we also, uh, the comments, uh, we do get some negative, but mostly it's so much encouragement. And so uh, we appreciate that. We see all of them as a blessing from God to help us uh, shape our ministry and focus on Christ. I know that a lot of people really have Bible questions. As a whole, our society is uh, biblically ignorant. You know, that's not a... A politically correct term to be using in our society, but it's really true. The more I study the Word of God, the more I really realize I really I don't know as much as I really thought that I knew. And so it takes time, it takes effort, and I love answering questions. I hope it's a baseline answer for you to send you in the right direction and where to go look up these answers and have more in-depth answers. That's honestly, uh, 30-some years ago, that's what sent me searching, uh, was I could not get answers from a, a religious leader that uh, I really had respect for, and his answer was very weak and told me not to worry about it. If I didn't know, then God couldn't uh, expect me to live a certain way. Well, that's that's just not... It's not a good answer. And so we're, we have a question that's come in, and it says it's from Minnesota, and they really enjoy the podcast each week, and that their church group actually listens to it on their Wednesday night Bible class and discuss it and expand on it, and they really appreciate that. They don't have a uh, full-time minister, cannot afford one, and so they use this podcast to, to kind of help uh, prime the pump, I guess. So uh, you're very welcome. Uh, that's truly an honor for us. And one of the questions that come from this group, is cremation wrong for a Christian to use? Is cremation wrong for a Christian to use? Well, uh, let's try to answer that question. And if you have a Bible, I, please open it and follow along. 
You can always pause a podcast. That's a nice thing about it versus a Sunday morning uh, sermon. But you can take notes as well. And open the Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 31. That's where we're headed. But in the New Testament, uh, it really doesn't talk anything about a particular type of burial procedure. Uh, the New Testament doesn't seem to say anything there's a right way or a wrong way in, in the burial procedure or process. Uh, you know, I think common sense, most cultures, uh, societies, uh, whether they're Christian or not, would say uh, the remains of a human being need to be properly taken care of or buried for, for lots of reasons that I really probably shouldn't have to go into. But uh, the Old Testament seems to also kind of go along with the flow and the culture of the day. It seems there's several different ways that people uh, were buried, uh, some in caves, uh, some uh, apparently uh, were, were actually buried. But let's read here several of these verses, and we're going to answer the cremation question here in just a moment. First uh, Samuel 31 verse 12 says this, All the valiant men rose and walked all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshean, and they came to Jabesh and burned them there. Now, it seems to me that would be a form of cre cremation. And there doesn't seem to be any fallout. It doesn't seem that God sends a prophet and, and, and corrects them. There's nothing recorded at all about these folks uh, burning the bodies of Saul and his sons that were killed in this battle. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 10, 10 excuse me, uh, then David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. Uh, very simple, short little verse here, uh, one word sentence. Uh, David dies and he's buried, and he's buried uh, in Jerusalem, the city of David that carries his name. And if you really study the kings and the chronicles, First um, and Second Samuel, it's really not unusual for kings uh, to have their own graves and, and gardens in the Old Testament. A lot of them prepared their own grave, you know, one that, uh, I'm sure they didn't dig it themselves, but they, you know, hewn it out of rock or found a cave and, and modified it or whatever. And so all of that was uh, taken care of. You know, even Abraham in the book of Genesis uh, buys uh, a burial plot for his wife, and that's where he will eventually be buried. And you can see this uh, several times throughout the Old Testament, which leads me uh, to say this. There is nothing wrong with pre-planning your funeral. Uh, we have done that. I think it's important to do that. It certainly solves a lot of pressures and, and the time uh, when that comes for your family or uh, a special somebody who's been appointed to see to your final needs. Uh, it just simplifies life for everybody. And the funeral is really not for you, uh, the person who's passed away. It's for everybody among the living. It's a way for them to either say goodbye or, or different cultures have different things there. Second um, Kings chapter 21 verse 26. He was buried in the grave of Uzzah and Josiah his son uh, became king in his place. And so 
Again, here's an idea. There's a king uh, being buried in a garden. Turn with me over to 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 35, starting uh, verses 23 and 24. 2 Chronicles 35, 23 and 24. So here we have the king, the archer shot King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am badly wounded. Okay, now he's been in this battle down toward Egypt, and uh, an arrow just at random was fired from the enemy and it finds King Josiah. He's really not supposed to be there. You kind of get the idea in the text that God didn't want him to be there. Uh, he had no business being in that particular battle. The war wasn't really against uh, him personally. And so, verse 24, So his servants took him out of the chariot and carried him in the second chariot, which he had. Almost gets you an idea that uh, the the king had an, an ambulance type thing set up for just for him, and he was brought him to Jerusalem where he died, and he was buried in the tombs of his fathers. All in Judea and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. As you study the book of Jeremiah, you will find out this is the only king that Jeremiah will weep for uh, when he dies. Jeremiah would be a young uh, boy. When all this takes place, and, that, and from that moment on, uh, poor Jeremiah, he, he doesn't really see any good kings. But back to our, our question here. As you read throughout the Bible, people, again, they're buried in garden tombs, like Jesus was buried in a, in a, a garden tomb that had been hewn out of rock. So that's not very unusual in the Jewish background here. Uh, it's not unusual to be buried in the same tomb as the previous generations. You, they would just kind of keep stacking you in there. Uh, it was not uncommon for burial boxes. In fact, if you do an internet search, uh, DuckDuckGo is uh, one that claims they don't trace you. Google already knows too much about us, so I don't use Google. But... Um, there you can find, you Google that uh, box or Yahoo, whatever, and you'll find out what really happens is they bury you in these tombs, and after a certain period of time when all the flesh is away and the only thing remaining is a skeleton, they put your bones in, in a bone box, and they put it off in the corner. And that slab is now opened up for the next person, and the process just kind of continues to go. And... And I know some cultures, I know in America, people don't like to talk about death. They would not even dream of doing what we just talked about. Uh, they just kind of throw it in a hole and cover you with some dirt and call it good. So, but again, in light of the, your question, uh, King Saul was cremated, as we just read. I, I don't know how else to come around all that when they burn him and his son's bodies. Uh, several places we can read where um, where you wanted to be buried was always seen to. Uh, and what I mean by that, for example, here, uh, Joseph uh, wants his bones to be buried with his father's bones. He And he makes the people of Israel, and he's kind of on his deathbed, he knows he's going to die. He makes them promise to carry his bones back to the homeland. And if you read in, in Exodus 13, verse 19, it is recorded there that Moses 
uh, is carrying the bones of Joseph. They're, they have taken them uh, with them back to the promised land. Uh, and then you can see Joseph's bones really are put, put into the grave uh, where they were supposed to go in, in Joshua chapter 4. And how does Joshua know which grave or tomb? Obviously, there has to be some kind of record-keeping or it was really general uh, knowledge to the people of the day uh, where that particular grave would be located. Now, o over the years, you know, especially in, in America, uh, we have several people who are funeral directors that we know uh, I believe one of them actually listens to the podcast. And those old boys, they're, they're just in my business to make as much money as they can. And I understand that to a point that they're trying to make a living. However, there is a rising cost of funerals in, in America and probably around the globe. I don't know how much it costs to get buried in, in uh, Europe or Russia. or I know uh, in some of the Asian cultures, it is very expensive. And so... More and more people uh, in this country uh, are turning to cremation as an option. And it's actually true in some places within the USA. Uh, cremation is the only acceptable uh, form of burial, and that's by law. Um, there are just not enough places to, to bury people, and so cremation, you have to be cremated. There's just no option. Uh, any military-type burial... Uh, grounds um, they you you have to be cremated you're you are not going to be buried there with a casket again it's a space issue and over the years you know of doing funerals and, and just being a preacher I, I heard many people they were really worried about resurrection day uh, how dust or our ashes could be raised from the dead if, if they are cremated. Well, the simple answer is God made man from dust, and he certainly can raise those who have returned to dust. And you can read that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. So many people have, have died at sea, uh, been killed and ate by wild animals or sharks or whatever, and there's no biblical standing at all to believe that these people would never be raised from the dead, that God does not know where their ashes or remains would be laying. And so we, we shouldn't stress out and worry about uh, the resurrection day. God's got that all under control, and I believe we should just be focusing on that day for our soul. And so I certainly hope uh, this helps answer that question. Uh, I pray that everyone listening would make their own final arrangements. I think it is actually biblical. If you study out the Old Testament, this old body will die eventually if Christ does not return before I hit that grave. But my soul, your soul, uh, will never perish. It is eternal. And let's be uh, preparing ourselves for eternity. Again, I certainly appreciate the question and that your little group there listens to us, and I, and I certainly appreciate it. I, I know there's another group at one time that was doing that, I believe in Durango, Colorado at one time, but I have not heard from them in some time. So I, I, I'm guessing that they are still doing that. I get a report on 
the locations of our podcast. I don't know who listens, but I do know the cities around the world, and Durango's still there. So I'm leaning toward it's probably still going on. We have another question here uh, from a young man who's thinking about joining the military. And I want to say hello to you, uh, and I appreciate the fact uh, that you're wanting to join the military. I think it's a very good option for young men and women uh, of the day. It's a way of getting a free education, uh, especially uh, in the military in America. They seem to to take care of that uh, idea. They'll take care of you medically as well. And so I can't find anything in the Bible saying that a Christian uh, should not join the military. Uh, a very famous man by the name of Sergeant York in World War One. if you do not know who he is, uh, I would encourage you to watch. There's a movie, several of them actually, about this man, but you can read about his life story on the internet. And he did not believe that he should join the military. And actually, he was drafted, um, and he really fought very hard as a conscientious objector, and he just simply believed uh, that it was wrong to kill the enemy, period. And he just didn't want anything to do that. He knew that he was being drafted for combat-type role, and he just did not want that. But this man would go on uh, to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. And so, obviously, he changed his mind. Uh, if you watch uh, the movie, if you read the books about him, he has a serious Bible study. Uh, his little group that he was in uh, apparently believed that it was wrong to be in the military for any reasons. But as it, as, as it goes on, he, he studies it. He, and one thing you really notice, he was a very prayerful man. Prayed very hard about the situation. And he ends up uh, deciding, obviously, he does go and fights in the war. It's the only way you're going to win this Medal of Honor. And so the one thing that we really have different today in America is we have an all-volunteer uh, military currently. And so I know they're talking about possibly wanting to draft uh, women and all that. I know that was in front of Congress here a couple of months ago, but I'll be honest, I really haven't followed it, uh, the story beyond that. But... You know, in, in the volunteer army, I I would certainly be asking the recruiter, put it in writing, that you could uh, be in a more like a supportive role instead of a combat type role. Uh, you could be a cook, you could be a, a doctor or a nurse, or and there's a lots of things that uh, a military needs in the background to, to run the front lines. And so... Uh, if this, if this is an issue, I certainly would think about that. In a draft situation like Sergeant York, uh, they put you where they want you. And so, again, we, we can find out through reading the Old Testament throughout it. You can see where Jewish people were always at war. It seemed they were always fighting the enemy. Or they, uh, sometimes they won, sometimes they lost. But as you go through... And study this, when God is on their side and God is encouraging them, 
God will tell them to go to war, especially like Joshua, and go and destroy the enemy and, and bring, utterly destroy them. Nothing is to be left behind. Everything's to be destroyed uh, or killed. And uh, they would even put salt in the ground and cut the trees down and kill. I mean, they just really, uh, really kind of wiped that out. Notice with me here in the New Testament. Here is John the Baptist, and he's being asked a very similar question as to yours. And in Luke chapter 3, verse 14, it says, Some soldiers were questioning him and saying, uh, And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, this would be John the Baptist's uh, response, Do not take money from anyone by force, only or accuse anyone falsely. Be content with your wages. And so, apparently, based off of his answer, a lot of soldiers would just, you know, steal. Uh, they would accuse people falsely of things uh, in the civilian population. And so, uh, John the Baptist doesn't say, stop being a soldier. He says, do it honorably. Uh, the country needs you to protect them against whatever. And so... Back in those days, the military, especially Rome, if you were an outlaw and you broke the law, they didn't have a civilian police as we have today. It was a military-type police. And so uh, we could be headed that kind of direction in the United States and many other places in the world, and I don't know if I would like that. And so you lose a lot of rights. And the military doesn't have to have a search warrant. You know, if you study Rome out, they just kicked your door in and took you away. And you were guilty automatically until you proved your innocence instead of being innocent through proving guilty. Uh, in Matthew chapter 8, we can find uh, Jesus healing a Roman officer's servant. Again, Jesus doesn't condemn this man for being a soldier in the Roman army. That's something that most Christians forget here is that we as Christians, we are also to be Christian soldiers. Turn with me here to the New Testament. It should already be there. We just read Luke. But Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 here says, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist the evil in the day, and having done everything to stand firm. So you see, to answer your question, and to all the listeners, in a very real sense, we are in a battle against evil. And the only way you're in a battle is if you are a soldier. And we need to be preparing ourselves for this spiritual battle. I mean, just like a soldier, this, if you join the military, you're going to go through a basic training and you're going to get to know your weapons better, uh, whatever it is that you actually be doing, whether it's being a soldier on the front line or a cook or a doctor or nurse. Everybody has to go through a basic training and so that's just a requirement 
And we as Christians, we need to have this basic training. And I watch so many people, uh, I, when I was in a certain area here in the United States, they, we had a group of people, oh, I baptized them, and we got them wet. And they would just kind of turn them loose. They never really trained them what it was to be a Christian. They never had any Bible studies beyond that. And, of course, they always blamed somebody else uh, for the problem when that person did not want to come to church anymore type thing. And so we, we need to know our weapons. We, we need to keep our souls in good spiritual shape. We, we need to, to know what this battle is against evil and how to combat it. And first of all, being a prayer warrior is very important. You can solve and conquer lots of things through prayer. Reading the Bible and studying the Bible. Now, there is, I do both. I read it. I read it a lot. And then there's studying, which is a whole different thing. You're taking a block of scripture or a topic, or like we're doing for the question and answers today. And you start trying to go through and find uh, what the Bible has to say. You study it out. And I think as a young person, uh, as as you get older as I am, it's a lot harder to memorize and retain uh, lots of things between, you know, work and kids and uh, school or whatever. Then you're trying to memorize Scripture and remember where it's at. And so it is a challenge to do this. But, you know, if you store up the Word of God in your heart, then you would know his rule, his law, and what he expects of us and how we should live our lives, how we should be that soldier for Christ. You know, there's a famous song, Soldiers of Christ Arise and Put Your Armor On. I hardly ever hear that anymore. And so, again, we are in a battle, all of us. And young man there, I want to thank you for your question. I certainly hope uh, that you decide to join it it's the right decision for you and this will affect your life whatever you do from this moment on uh, in the email you state you're just graduating from high school uh, later this year and you're trying to figure out what to do with your life i think that's really great i hope that you have a a, uh, a preacher somewhere helping you or uh, your your family your parents or a grandparent somebody also that you can really listen to and and bounce ideas off of. Because whatever decisions you make uh, at 18, 19 years old will affect you for the rest of your life. Whether it's good or bad or indifferent, doesn't matter. Uh, they will. And so, again, please contact us. If, if you have any further questions and we can help you further, we'll definitely be praying for you. And for all of our listeners around the world, I appreciate your time in listening. I hope and pray that this uh, podcast has been beneficial to you. Please tell others about us. I know uh, we have more and more requests for Bible answers and questions, but nobody submits questions on a regular basis. I think it's interesting how they come in spurts. And so I'll get a half a dozen questions within a week and then for the next four or five weeks, I may not get anything, and so, and that's okay. I, I know people are busy. We got uh, 
so-called pandemic of COVID. I think there's a lot of politics behind that. I'm not going to go deep into that. But people are just afraid. You know, they're struggling really hard. I know the price of groceries, uh, fuel, everything has just tripled, and if, if not quadrupled, in the last two years. And so people are really worried. They're trying to find jobs. They're trying to just squeeze everything out of their day to get accomplished what they feel like they need to do. There may not be uh, money to do stuff later. So again, uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please hit that like button. Make sure you follow us. We are on social media accounts as well. Uh, we are on Getter. Just thought that started that. Um, we're on Facebook and MeWe, LinkedIn, and when we have re- somebody hacked our Twitter account, we can't get into it, so we're we're not even messing with it anymore. And so, if you're going to Twitter trying to find us, you'll find something there, but we have not been able to recover and change the password. So that's okay, and uh, we'll just deal with that in a different way. Again, I want to thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys and ladies, and may God bless you, and may He have the glory.